right, everybody, welcome in. Fresh takes. Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo. Across from me, as always, man, myth, legend himself, Nick Felice. Nick, uh, how are you doing? Different, different morning view for us than we usually yeah. do, but nothing wrong with that. I'm good, Paul. I hope you're doing well. Um, Excellent. Yeah, yep. Special 9:30 uh, Wednesday episode, but this is a special episode because it's one of our favorite episodes of the year. Mm-hmm. Usually, I think we usually. Um, preview college football one week and then we preview the nfl yep. the next week but you know i won't be here next week so we're getting both this week and we got a special guest on the show today yeah we do you're on vacation next week uh not to spoil too too much but uh very appreciative that nate Sharman joining us uh once again here uh you might recognize him if you're an fl1 person from uh his hot new podcast out of bounds yeah so Paul was uh, able to make an appearance on it last night, too, which is always awesome. <laughs> able to give us a little bit of F1 news and how about, it relates I was, to... I was about to say, if I can't throw in my own motorsports contributions to cross over to other sports, then what's my purpose here? Usually he fills in with a Ricky Fowler pick, <laughs> but no tournament this week in the PGA. But right. glad to be here with you guys, Nick, Paul. Always fun watching you guys do this yeah. show, and pleasure to be here once again. Yeah, so good to have you on, Nate. <clears throat> Nate, or Nick, rather. Dealing with multiple ends over here. Um, yeah, so obviously college football uh, is going to be kind of the de facto first part of this, and then NFL is going to be the de facto second part. Uh, with with Nick being out next week, we're going we're gonna to try and tackle both. Uh, we're still planning to do a show next week. Not like we won't be here. Well, I won't want anyone. I'll be here. Uh, so we'll figure something out. Either way, uh, we got a lot of momentum going right now, so we're going to keep it going. Um, so let's jump right in. College football, um, or technically week O has already happened. National championship game occurred with Vanderbilt and Hawaii. Uh, so greetings to everybody who is like me and a sicko who stayed for it. Tough outcome if you're a Hawaii plus eight better. Yeah, I got them at plus nine and a half, so that really enough. didn't make a difference. <laughs> but um, anyway, week one is officially upon us. Uh, a lot of big games, but a lot of storylines going into this college football season. I think uh, you can make the case that this is college football's most important year yet, at least in our lifetime slash generation. Um, at this point, there's a lot of storylines going around, uh, going on. Um, I don't want to jump to those yet. I think I want to start with the actual stuff on the field. Um, a lot of the traditional powers are, are being picked again, right? The ones that we're usually seeing uh, kind of already shoehorning in, and justifiably so to me, you know, Alabama, Georgia, obviously defending national champs, right? And Ohio State's the other one. And it, a lot of people have kind of left the fourth um, fourth person up for, the fourth team up for debate as to who could be in the college football playoff at that point. To me, and I'm I'm not too sure how you know you guys feel. Although I'm I'm definitely the more college football person here and and stuff like that. And you know, obviously, we'll discuss our favorite teams, you know, Syracuse and Notre Dame. But um, to me, a, a team like Ohio State doesn't really excite me this year. In fact, I think they're a tad bit overrated, to be honest. Uh, I, I the defense is not going to look the same this year. They they lost a lot. Um, you know, I I think. You saw some interesting transfers out of there, for example, during the offseason that uh, I don't necessarily point or paint an indicative light upon, say, a guy like Ryan Day, but it's interesting as to why you would want to transfer out of Ohio State when you're the de facto next person up to be a all-star starter, you know, uh, caliber player, 
and we saw that happen at multiple positions, quarterbacks with, with obviously uh, yours, and, and you had a couple wideouts do the same and stuff like that. But, you know, to that end, it's understandable, right? I think the Big Ten is, I wouldn't say weak, but, um, you know, one of the weak O matchups was obviously Nebraska and Northwestern, and Nebraska, who had a lot of hype to get this year going, lived certainly down to it, <laughs> um, as I would call it. You know, that being said for me, like the Big Ten, I, I'd rather roll and risk a team like Michigan than I would Ohio State. Um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll discuss a little bit. One of the marquee matchups this week is Notre Dame versus Ohio State. Um, a lot of people are just hammering Ohio State, let alone the spread. I think it's now up to, I want to say I saw it at 14 officially. But, you know, to me, even at 13 and a half or 13 where I've seen it, I, I'm all over Notre Dame, period. I, I, I really think they have a good chance. Obviously, you know, we'll touch on them, like I mentioned, a little bit. But And then, obviously, you look at the SEC, kind of your typical powers are going to be in play there. I don't foresee anything major probably shifting from the Alabama-Georgia stuff, at least this year anyway. Could be wrong. I think, you know, a team teams like Arkansas, Ole Miss, I don't want to buy into their hype train too, too much, but Tennessee is definitely better than they are gonna than they were last year. Um, and you have teams like, look, teams that are always going to play you tough, like Florida, South Carolina, LSU, uh, no matter what the situation is, Auburn, right? Kentucky is a team that's a lot of people are hyping up that I'd, I'd, I think they're going to see a lot of the same this year, all of them, whether it's like a 9-3 and three or type scenario or something like that. So um, a lot of stuff to look there. Obviously, you know, what's going to happen with the Pac-12? You know, their traditional powers with USC and UCLA. This is their last year in the Pac-12, and but you got Lincoln Riley out with the Trojans now and a lot of players who came with them. Uh, you know, they're a team that, despite all the stuff surrounding them, I, I tend to keep an eye on. And we haven't really touched the ACC yet or the Big 12. I don't expect too, too much out of either one of them. Obviously, Clemson is going to play tough. I mean, NC State, I know, is a team that a lot of people are in love with. And the Big 12, I mean, Texas, for whatever reason, I mean, I know the reason, but for whatever reason, is getting a ton of hype as well again. So, uh, college football's back. <laughs> yeah, you seem you, um, you mentioned that you're not high on Ohio State, which you it's not surprising. You always seem like there's that team that's mm-hmm. like ranked up in the top four and doesn't have a good season. I think we saw that with LSU the year after Joe Burrow. Right. Um, we saw it at Clemson last year. I think was probably in the top four, and then they didn't have a great well to their standards. They didn't have a great year, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's going to be an interesting year. That's for sure. Um, interesting test for Notre Dame. It's always nice to have a big game the first week because even if you lose that you play well as long as you like I guess win out the rest of the way because Notre right. Dame tends to have more of an easier schedule being independent and uh so you could still get in with a loss on Ohio State it's a lot of pressure to win out but um it's gonna be an interesting year with the cop conference realignments it's gonna be a little awkward for some of these games um when you get like the USC UCLA heading over to Colorado game or something like mm-hmm. that or you know, the Texas-Oklahoma game, you know, heading to Texas Tech one week. It's just, you know, these other schools are not going to be happy that they're leaving their conference. So that's going to be a little bit a little bit of a, you know, handling. It's going to be an adjustment period for these next years until they eventually leave. Um, but, you know, it's going to be uh, it's probably going to be some of the similar teams in the playoffs again this year, as mm-hmm. we usually see. You know, your Georgias, your Alabamas are definitely the front runners for the playoffs. Hopefully we'll see some more teams sneak up. Uh, 
Don't know if that's going to be Syracuse, but uh, <laughs> uh, probably not. They play uh, who, who week one? Louisville? Yeah. At Louisville? No. So you're it's up at the, the dome. dome here. So you're going. I'm not going. You're not going. I, I can't go. I will be. I work at the track Saturday night. So it's a Saturday night game. Yeah. And 8 p.m. kickoff. Uh, JMA Wireless Dome. They're like, what, a four point? Brutal. <laughs> I know you can't bet New York's college Correct. sports here, but Correct. like a four-point underdog or something like that. Yeah, I it's being that. pretty generous to me. Yeah. I could be wrong. I don't know. We'll touch more on it, I feel like, with that in a little bit. But, yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Nate, uh, I know you tend to lean more on the pro side of things, but um, what are your thoughts kind of because you come with a pretty unique perspective here a little bit. I, I'll tee it up a little bit, right, with the golf situation going on right now. You know, you, you, you kind of see – multiple stuff obviously with PGA and live and not definitely not exactly similar in nature right but it all kind of surrounds right this new money type stuff obviously the college football situations media stuff so um do you have any thoughts kind of how this might play out through the whole year just kind of in general with look news might just break that one week that I'm so use this team as an example even though I don't think they'll go anywhere but we'll get a team like Syracuse say Syracuse is up and leaves for the Big 12 or something like right. that mid-season, right? Um, obviously, it's happening with golf, so I don't know if you have any thoughts kind of along the line with that or anything like that. Yeah, I'm interested to see next year. I know it'll happen a little bit more with USC and UCLA going over there and playing in the Big 10. I just think it's going to be so funny to look at, you know, at, mm. you know, at 9 a.m. they're playing a game. <laughs> and, you know, you, t- you take a look at Big 10 football, right? That equates to football in the snow, hard nose, hard running football. Well, they they were the ones that were all on board getting the big noon kickoff thing going. Right. So those games are going to be so early, especially on the East Coast, and that's going to be interesting to watch because it's going to be so weird. You're used to, you know, Michigan playing at at noon and in the snow, mm. you know, in December, but you're going right. to turn on your TV and you're going to be playing maybe possibly in USC and yeah. in California, and that's going to be really interesting for me to watch. And I'm looking at that mostly. And another thing I'm interested too is Brian Kelly and LSU. Do you think he can kind of revive that program after a down season or two? So LSU, I know that team was unreal with right. Joe and Joe Burrow and yeah, so L- many players. But. LSU has always been a tricky spot because Louisiana kind of gets forgotten about as a athletics hotbed in a way. It sure is because yeah. usually what happens is if you're any good, you end up going to either say in Alabama or you know really the main pipeline actually is near Texas schools for Louisiana, let alone Texas, right? But Baylor, Tech, A and M. Uh, TCU for a while I had a lot of guys coming in from Louisiana and New Orleans, um, and it's it, it's tough. I mean LSU. Um, if there's ever a school to be honest with you that NIL is going to work well with, it's going to be LSU because you know I'm going to use this guy as an example because I know they are pumping in money. But you know raising Canes and and their founder right they they started his first location was at LSU. He went to LSU. Um, Stuff like that, I, I think, could help. It's going to be tough uh, this first year, I think, for him. Uh, um, he He's come out of the gates firing. I don't know if strong's the right term, but certainly firing. Is he going to bring that accent with him? I hope not. <laughs> um, but it's tough. I mean, he, he is going to – And this is not – I don't mean to put this as a slight towards Notre Dame. But given the climate that it is now, this is his toughest task that he's had yet. Um, but what was nice about Notre Dame is the fact that it was an independent, obviously, still is an independent. Uh, but pieces were in place when he got there. It wasn't like Notre Dame was completely 
in shambles the way LSU is in shambles. Um, and maybe that's just more of a positive at that point for, for Notre Dame. You know, Nick, you would be more apt to speak on when he exactly came in, what, a decade now ago at Notre Dame, decade plus. So, uh, but that being said, he, he, it's a tough spot. Like I said, I mean, Louisiana's recruits now, if you're high enough, you're, you're going out of state. Um, that's the way it's been for a little bit now. Uh, I mean, that being said, LSU is still one of the premier athletic departments, period, end of discussion in, in the country, right? I mean, LSU, to me, when I hear LSU, I think baseball, I think softball still, I think gymnastics, I think basketball. I still you think, think well, gymnastics. Well, <laughs> sure. But, yeah, I mean, in that in that sense, correct. But uh, TikTok has exposed me to things. I, I blame Nate. Uh, Go Tigers. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, look, I LSU, like I said, they're, they're one of the premier still marketing brands in college athletics at the end of the day. Uh, so uh, I don't think this year is going to be great. I think they put up fights. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, this is definitely more of a project build for Brian Kelly than it is an immediate plug-and-play build. The only thing I'll say on it, I am going to be rooting for LSU this year because – uh, I'm gonna be rooting for LSU and Notre Dame because I want to see him play a big game at the end of the year. So yeah. So let's. I I'll leave the camera on you, Nick, for that. Then obviously first year head coach with Freeman at Notre Dame, but one of the guys that was touted as being potentially one of the next great college football coaches potentially in the pipeline. Kudos to Notre Dame. They didn't lose hardly anybody in the transfer portal when Kelly left. They were able to keep the recruits that they had coming in. Um, to me, they are, at least to me, I, I don't know how you would feel. I don't know how Nate would feel. They're, to me, they are that fourth team, de facto fourth team in the college football playoff where I see them probably being probably the two or three in all honesty at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, this is a huge game to start the season, that's for sure. I mean, talk about Marcus Freeman's first two games playing at a BCS Bowl and now playing at his, his alma mater and at Ohio State in week one. So – um, there's a lot of pressure, no doubt. I mean, I have, obviously, I think there's more pressure on Ohio State, to, uh, you know, to get this win. Notre Dame has nothing to lose. I mean, sure. no one believes right now that they're even going to win. I think. I feel like I'm one of the only people who does in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, it's just you're so used to Notre Dame, and they don't win these type of games. And and when they do win these games, there's all these excuses, like because of Clemson that they got the big win over Clemson a couple years ago, um, and you know Trevor Lawrence didn't play that game, so it's like. It took a little bit away from it, but it was still the big win over Clemson. They don't win these big games, you know. Been a fan for a while now, you know, whether it was the Florida State game way back, you know, the Miami game, just think of the top ahead. And then, of course, you know, the playoff games against Alabama um, and Clemson in the ACC, ACC championship game that one year. So, they, and they lose them all. So, <laughs> you, you hope they see them play well. I'm a little nervous about their quarterback situation. Uh, they do got a quarterback coming in next year, so mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. Um, That's been their situation post Brady Quinn, though. Is it, yeah, in a way. Yeah, you know, as much not as, not a knock on Tommy Reese or Ian Book, but yeah. I mean, it was nice that Tommy Reese stayed as offensive yeah. coordinator too, as well. So mm-hmm. uh, he was the guy I thought would get the head coaching job. To be honest, as much as I would like to see him win this game, I am not betting that. Whatever <laughs> it is plus. You said fourteen. I think it's mm. seventeen now. If it if it jumped like that in a matter of a week, then, whew. yeah, 
That's I'm a lot not of, touching it because that's a lot of money. Obviously, we're not a gambling podcast, but that's a lot of money on Ohio State, and I'm not too sure should be there. I can see him winning this game, but uh, I can also see him getting killed. So, <laughs> yeah, um, it's going. To be, it'll be an interesting year. Do you do you think that we'll have an announcement for them by the end of the? We'll call end of college football season that. They will be joining a conference, or um, that is never going to happen. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's been in the talks for forever. I think even hypothetically, when, uh, even when we get to the conferences where th- maybe there is only two conferences, maybe there is just the SEC and the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and there's you know there's a West, a Central, and East division in those two conferences. I still think Notre Dame will be independent. They they just they're so valuable. Um, they're in the driver's seat. They need the conferences to beg for them to come. As much as they haven't won anything in the last, you know, four decades. 1988. Four decades, whatever it's been. They're still Notre Dame. Notre Dame puts together undefeated team. They're in that playoff. No matter how many times they get destroyed in the BCS Bowl, if they go undefeated, they're in the playoff. And that's just the expectations of that program. Realistically, this year, what do you think? Because I do think they're college football playoff material. Yeah, they got – actually, they actually have a – not as easy of a schedule as they usually do, but uh, I'm going to learn a lot on Saturday, that's for sure. Um, it's just tough because it is the first game, and if they do lose, they're going to have to probably win out to make the playoffs. So I think they can make a BCS Bowl. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. All right. I think they could be like 10-2 and two or 9-3, and three, and that's not going to get it done. Very Nine true. And they won't even be in a BCS Bowl. 10-2 mm-hmm. and two they might. Very true. Uh, quick notes, I guess, on Syracuse at this point. Um, look, I mean, us. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this season. To to be completely honest with you, um, I could see this team going eight and four, no problem. I could see this team going four and eight, no problem. Right. Um, I I I don't think a lot of it's going to come down all honesty on Garrett Trader. I think we know what he is at this point. Nothing wrong with it. Um, but. As I call it, he has the same boxy as, as Eric Dungy in a way, just without the arm that Dungy had, which even then we know we all kind of would talk down on to certain ends every now and then. But, um, you know, Sean Tucker's back. Not enough not enough spotlight on him, unfortunately, still. He's my Heisman hopeful. But, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Dino. Uh, this is the make or break year at this point. Even if we me. thought it was it's last gotta be, year. It's got to be the make or break year for I mean, Dino. We really thought it was last year, but yeah, I, I just I, I don't know. I will give Syracuse credit. Uh, you look at the you give them credit for you, what? You look at the whole <laughs> you look at the whole rankings of college football. They are they're in the top one hundred. Okay. At eighty nine. <laughs> there is there is one hundred and thirty one. Oh my! <laughs> I want I I. All right, hold on. Do we have guesses as Wait, to which one did you say they are? Eighty nine. They're eighty nine. Do we have guesses as to who number one thirty one is? Uh, oh man, I don't know, Texas Southern or something. Okay. I don't know. That's a good guess. I like that guess. <laughs> That's who you're going with. You're doubling down. Yep. Sorry, we're looking for UMass. Uh, oh, <laughs> really? Yep. They're terrible. Amherst. <laughs> no, just regular <laughs> UMass. <laughs> Texas Southern. Where is Texas Southern? Oh, I have to go fishing for them. <laughs> Where are they? Little laugh or something there, Paul. <laughs> oh my good God! Where are they? You rank better than Syracuse. There's no way they're top fifty. What is their projected win total, Syracuse? 
they do uh, that. I don't see them. Where are? Where is Texas Southern? Who knows? Uh, I don't have a projection for them. What uh, do you think they're gonna do? Four and eight. I'd be pretty satisfied, honestly, at six and six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which is awful. But I think even then, that that might be enough to get Dino fired. <laughs> so, I don't know. The defense. The defense has a lot of pro talent, kind of fishing around it as it usually does. Uh, but there are some portions of it. Like I'm not. I'm not too sure what the linebacking core is gonna do. Uh, the secondary is good, but very young overall. Uh, the D line's gonna be stout in all honesty. I think that's a very good defensive line. Their offensive lines, hope it, their offensive lines will be improved. I hope it's as improved as I think it is. So who knows? What about against Louisville this Saturday? Loss. <laughs> Hasn't Louisville been terrible? Yeah, I mean. They've had their ups and downs the past couple of years because they were caught up in the Petrino thing and their own, and then their own separate Adidas scandal. So, uh, I don't know. Let's um let's look at a couple games though this week. Uh, tomorrow, um, I'm just highlighting it because it's the first true college game day of the year. Um, I know uh, the the guys are going to be at Pitt for West Virginia Pitt backyard brawl. Um, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. There's a college game day tomorrow. Yeah. Really? Pitt, Pitt sold out the former Heinz Field for a Thursday night game. Obviously, it helps that it's West Virginia and backyard brawl, but that's pretty impressive, all things considered. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I like West Virginia, honestly, in that game, to, to be honest with you. I think West Virginia is going to be a team that I don't think they get to the college football playoff, but I, I can see them kind of rocking the boat a little bit in the Big 12. I can see. It. I mean, I don't know who Kenny Pickett's backup was. So and and they're without Whipple. Yeah, I remember the offensive coordinator that was there last year is at Nebraska now. So yeah, I mean, you, where is it though, Pitt? Mm-hmm. Pitt. I say it's college sports, or I mean, whether it's basketball or football, it's it's pretty much the same. It's not easy to win a road game, no matter what team you're playing. So it's gonna be tough, but I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Nate, any guess? Um, yeah, like maybe they'll miss Kenny Pickett, but I think they still get over West Virginia, especially the first game at home. I think you get behind that those fans at former Heinz Field, and they, I think they take care of West Virginia. Yeah, what is this? What's the stadium now? It's on uh, Mara Health or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take. There they do that to Heinz catch up. Let's man. take a look at a couple of the uh, Saturday games that are ranked squads against ranked squads. Uh, Cincinnati's at Arkansas, 23 versus 19. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Cincy this year? I, I, I don't know. It's weird. A, a lot of people are down on them. What are um, they ranked? 23rd. Gonna be 23rd up. in the AP. I, I don't know. I, I'm going Arkansas in this game, but, uh, I mean, it's going to be a tight game, I think. I mean, Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle has that defense pretty much the same as it was last year. So Arkansas ranked? Yeah, twenty or nineteen. Nineteen. Huh? I'm a big Sam Pittman guy, so I'm, I'm going Arkansas. It's hard to go against Cincinnati unless they're playing against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're uh, they're today's uh, Central Florida, so um, I got Cincinnati in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go Arkansas uh, without Desmond Ritter. I think uh, it's tough out the gate without your without your quarterback mm-hmm. going back going reverse in what I just said in the yeah. last game. <laughs> Harder nope. for Cincinnati. <laughs> number five, Notre Dame at number two, Ohio State. Uh, just pa- 
ass. <laughs> Just say Notre Dame. I'll say Notre Dame, but Notre man. it's going to be a hot. I'm saying Notre Dame as well. So You're actually I'm with you. saying that with confidence. Yep. Okay, I'll take the Buckeyes. Okay. And uh, the last one, uh, number 11, Oregon at number three, Georgia. Technically neutral site, but it's at Atlanta, so it might as well just be an outright road game for Oregon. Yeah. Um, I'm, on, I'm on dogs, by the way. <laughs> yeah, as much as I would like to go ducks, but I'm going to go dogs. I think um, I think they're, they're, do- they're, they're loaded again. All right. Yep, dogs, too. Dogs. All right. So that's college football. Obviously, we'll circle back a little bit and recap a couple of the games next week, but uh, it's pretty much what we're looking at for the 2022 season, more or less. It sucks that there's not a lot more on-field stuff to preview because a lot of the stuff is just off the field with athletic departments and media and the unfun business, stuff like that. So, All right, the NFL, it's almost back. Um, preseason's over. Final cuts have been done slash are being done. So here's the thing, and it's a discussion that, um, you know, I think some people have had, and I know on other podcasts here we've had it, but it seems weird how the NFL this year is kind of like we know what three teams for sure seem to be the go-tos, and they're all in the AFC, and it seems to be the race is going to be there, and the NFC is a bit more wide open. Um, it, and it's interesting because I feel like a lot there's a lot more dark horses kind of lingering in the AFC than there are in the NFC. Um, unlike college football, there's not a ton of exactly off the field stuff to discuss with the NFL. That kind of all happened last year. New TV deals and or streaming deals as well were kind of done within that realm. Um, felt like a lot of the main moves involved Joe Buck going to ESPN in that sense. So, um, other than that, it was kind of a ho hum off season for the NFL. Your typical stuff for them, a couple of domestic violence arrests, a couple of sexual assault investigations. Uh, my Washington commanders are still technically under a federal investigative scope, so all is right in the world. Carson but, Wentz is there now. But, yes, Carson Wentz. But that being said, I feel like the bright spots are probably on your, on your guys' teams, right? Obviously Buffalo, and we'll talk about them. But the Giants, futures finally – it seems to be getting figured out now that the Gettleman regime is, is out the door. So, um, which is a positive, uh, for a change anyway. Um, yeah, the NFC, a lot of the typical, you know, stalwarts still kind of hanging around, right? Brady Rogers. Um, those two obviously take the headlines, right. Is what it is. But, you know, to me, the NFC, I, I, I kind of think you're going to see the better teams probably come from the West in the end. Um, I really am a big fan of the 49ers defense this year. Obviously, their offense is sustainable. It's not great, but not bad. Sustainable. Uh, I think the Cardinals, if they can stay healthy and Kingsbury and, and Kyler can kind of put together a whole season, that's going to be a frightening thing to watch. Um, obviously, the Rams are defending Super Bowl champions. A lot of peace is gone, but you're able to keep together what is a de facto core. I think the only team out west that really I don't trust at all, obviously, for obvious reasons, is Seattle. So um, it's kind of the way I look at it. Obviously, the East, bit of a mess. Um, myself and Nick can obviously attest to that. But, um, you know, the North, not sold on the Packers. South, not sold on the Bucks. 
Are you sold on the Saints? It's a bit more wide open there. I don't know if I'm necessarily sold on the Saints. This is at the South. I mean, I think you're going to get people beating up on each other more this year than anything else. It's a crapshoot to me. Um, I mean, the only team I don't think so do anything in the South, to be honest, is Atlanta. But, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, to me, they're, they're not as bad as Seattle, but they're in that same boat as Seattle at that point. Um, you know, Carolina Carolina's a team that's going to be interesting. I, 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 I think you're going to get a lot of <laughs> MF, you know, Baker Mayfield type stuff this year. Uh, their defense is bend but not break. I, this, whereas the Saints defense is certainly a better one and their offense is kind of like the bend not break style um so yeah I, I I the NFC that's the way I look at it. And the NFC to me is just it as much as it is a three horse race I do think you got a couple of dark horses kind of lingering in the shadows obviously Buffalo and we'll, we'll talk about them obviously more here in a minute but I mean and, and it's justifiable of them they didn't they didn't really lose anybody they just kind of reloaded and um you know, the one obvious offseason thing with them with, with, you know, Matt Ariza and the sexual assault <laughs> investigation that he's under. I mean, they cut the losses quick. Yeah, I mean, all things were. considered. So that wasn't that's not going to that's not going to linger the way that they that they potentially could have done it the way the Browns did it with Sean Watson. So um, and even then, I mean, the FC East this year, I think the only teams you might see kind of poke any sort of. You don't poke a bear like the Bills necessarily, but I mean, maybe the Patriots, maybe the Dolphins, depending upon the kind of how Tua does with with Tyreek there and how that offense kind of flows. Uh, to in the North, I mean, we aren't really talking too much about it, but you know, Cincinnati and Baltimore are probably going to be really tough still. Pittsburgh is going to be competitive, but I'm not sold on them. I, I just there's too many frisky, too much. There's too much question marks with me of the Steelers, to be honest. Just they didn't do anything with that offensive line all in the offseason. Um, and that's a key part in it. Obviously, I, I, the Browns, there's too much stuff going around the Browns where I think either the locker room is going to band together or the pressure is just going to get them cracked to the point they aren't going to do anything. Um, you look out west. Actually, I want to do the south first. I know a lot of people are picking the Colts. I don't see the Colts doing much this year, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, really? I'm leaning Texans. To be honest, um, I think that's a sneaky good team, uh, all things considered. And then out west, I mean, obviously you got the Chiefs, right? And that's understandable, and that's fine. You also have the Chargers. Those are the two teams that a lot of people are pinning as well with the Bills to be in this big three. Uh, But to me, I think people are forgetting about the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, mean, the Raiders are going to be a good team this year. My only question mark with them is, is McDaniels actually going to be a good head coach this time around? I, I don't know about that, but I think the pieces are there for the Raiders. Don't forget about Denver. Broncos country, let's ride. I'm not about Denver. You're not high on. Uh, you're not sold on uh, Russell Wilson. Not so much Russell Wilson, but they didn't do anything to help him out when they brought him in. <laughs> so, well, I think we should start with Nate. I mean, this is the highest expectations the Bills have had, and definitely at least our in my life. lifetime. I'll say at least in our lifetimes for sure. Yeah, definitely. Being, I mean, obviously being the shoe-in favorite for the Super Bowl champions, but I think they're going to take a look at last year's game against the Chiefs, you know, 13 seconds left, and that still sits in the back of Josh Allen's head and the back of Sean McDermott's head. So I think they come out, and we're going to really see next Thursday night when they open up with the Rams. If they come out flat, I think it's going to be a little bit scary, but I don't expect them to. 
look at last week. I mean, I know it's the preseason, but week two, Josh Allen comes out three for three for 40-something yards, and they score a touchdown on that drive. And I think that offense is ready to go. Um, like you said, Paul, not much has changed. Addition of Von Miller really is, in my mind, the biggest the biggest real change, and there's not a ton else. Um, you know, you lose a guy like Cole Beasley, but they've restocked and reloaded in terms of wide receiver as well. So I look for the Bills to be kind of an offensive juggernaut, but it's going to be a little bit scary at first, especially with Tredavious White being announced to the pub list yesterday. He'll miss the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. So they really don't have – I mean, they have a young corner, a couple young corners in Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam, their first-round pick. So I think the secondary is going to struggle a little bit earlier. Poyer's a little bit banged up too early in this preseason. So I think they could struggle in the secondary, but I still think that offense is, is – easily could easily put up 30 points a game and it's tough to lose games in the NFL when you can do that right. outscore your opponents I gotta ask you more nervous for the Dolphins or the Patriots um I don't know everyone talks about the Dolphins for the last what five years right. about them being good and so not a lot scares me there Tua's already kind of a little bit banged up Waddle's a little bit banged up already the Patriots on the other hand can always scare you well. especially with Bill Belichick at the helm you know he can take nothing out of something and, and make it something but Mac Jones with that arm, I just don't think he has enough arm strength to be a good quarterback in the NFL. So I think they they could probably middle to uh, you know and get in the playoffs. I would not be surprised at all if they make the playoffs. What what scares you as a Bills fan more? Because this is the way I kind of view it: the Patriot offense or the Dolphin defense. Um, I would say the Dolphin defense, but Josh Allen goes unbelievable against them whenever they play. I mean. Um, Byron Jones is gone. Now he's on the Cowboys again, right? He went back, right? I think so. So, think so. they lose that. They lose him there. That's like a big piece of their of their secondary. So probably the the Dolphins defense, just because the Patriots offense doesn't scare me too much. I mean, Damian Harris is a really good running back, and they're, and they're good on the offensive line too, with especially under Belichick. So that could scare me a little bit, but probably the Dolphins defense. Paul, to answer your question. And then the one team, obviously, in the FC, so we didn't touch on another New York team with, you know, the Jets. But I don't think they're going to be good this year in, in that sense. But they're going to be pesky. Um, Salah's got those guys fired up even in the preseason. Their defense actually was a decent fantasy waiver wire flyer by the end of the year last year at certain points, depending upon matchups. That offense has improved. Um I would prefer that Zach Wilson be at the helm of it, mm-hmm. not Joe Flacco, but it is what it is at this point. Um, he won't be out that long, I don't think. No, but if it was a full year of Zach Wilson, I, I could see the Jets kind of lingering a little bit more than what I think will actually happen. You would like to see him get off to a good start. Right, right. I think Zach Wilson has the most potential out of him, Tua, and Mac Jones. I think out of those three, Zach Wilson, he might not be the best quarterback yeah. right now. Well, I it, think he has the most potential. Yeah, I mean, I think part of it too, though, is only because we just don't have the notebook that we do on, on him the way that we do with Tua or Mac Jones. Yeah, just with that, that arm sense. strength, though. I, that's I think that's almost one of the biggest things on in a quarterback you can find. Yeah, I mean, I, Mac Jones and Tua just don't really have. I, you know. Well, Tua, I, I agree more with in the Mac Jones one, only because Tua. Tua gets sketchy with his lofts. Mac Mac's football IQ is pretty good that he doesn't put himself in those spots. Right. And I don't know. I'd I'd rather I guess it's comparing apples to oranges. I'd rather have Mac Jones kind of chooching it downfield than than Tua in that sense. But uh, anyway, let's let's uh shift focus to the other 
New York team. Nick, that'd be your Giants, obviously, you mentioned, right? Get the Gettleman regime out, Brian Dables in. Um, going to bring some of the stuff he had going with the Bills to New York here. Uh, obviously, I wouldn't say expectations are high, but this is definitely the, the true Danny, Danny Jones do-or-die year with the Giants. Um, hopefully the pieces around him this year stay healthy and, and kind of stay in place. Um, a lot of question marks kind of surround Saquon's future as well with the team. Uh, but that being said, I, I do think there are some positive light. I know a lot of people have have them and you know the commanders kind of pinned to finish 3-4 in the division where I don't – do I see that probably happening? Yeah. But I, I, I could see a way that they both can kind of, you know, kind of not shock the world, but at least be really competitive enough to really rattle the division up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can't look at the Giants and not think of question marks, you know, Saquon Barkley, whether it's, you know, Thibodeau getting hurt. Um, I forgot about that, too, by the way. You know, their offensive line is, I mean, they, they drafted some offensive line last few years, but let's see if they pan out. And of course, you know, bring in a new GM and head coach from the Bills. Um, obviously, we mentioned Dino Babers, his make or break year. This is Daniel Jones's make or break year, and uh, he's got the he's got the as they say the the QB whisperer. You know, in Dable, we'll see we'll see what happens. Obviously, I don't want to be taken out of context here. I think Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are similar type of quarterbacks. No, they are. I was actually about to bring that up, the fact that they're similar builds. I'm not saying they're the same. Josh Allen is definitely more skilled than Daniel Jones as of right now but um, and probably will always be. But uh, they're similar type quarterbacks, so it's a, it's a quarterback that Dable can definitely work with. Um, so it's intrig- intriguing to see how he does, you know, with the young receivers mm-hmm. like Tony and, you know, Obviously, Galladay was on the team last year, even though it didn't seem like he was. Uh, <laughs> um, so, and then you got Saquon. You know, he's he's got some weapons on this team, so it's, so you can't really use that as an excuse for Daniel Jones this year. So, it's going to be interesting how Dable works with them. Obviously, there's always you know the question mark of, sure, Dable's this great offensive coordinator, uh, but is he a head coach? You know, it, it takes a certain mm-hmm. skill type to be a great head coach in this league. And we've seen great offensive and defensive coordinators, but just not – they don't pan out as head coaches. So I'll, I'll, Josh McDaniel yeah. is one of those guys. Well, I'll, I'll say this in regards to, say, Dable, because he obviously comes from the McDermott tree. Uh, but there are a couple other guys, too, in this realm to me that really, you know, stand out. I know, I know we mock him a little bit, but a guy like Kyle Shanahan um, – Dable, to me, kind of fits this mold. I mentioned, obviously, McDermott. Robert Sala is another one. Uh, I think Mike McDaniel in Miami is going to be like this. Ron Rivera is like this as well to me. But the guys who are players' coaches at the pro level for football are the ones to me that always tend to do, at very least, decently well. Yeah, look at Vrabel. Right. Um, you know, the guys who are kind of like the dog mentality, right, who do have play. I mean, the guys I mentioned all – really outside, I guess, McDaniel, uh, have some sort of playing experience to some end. Um, you know, whereas you'll get the college level, what makes a good head coach typically is to recruit more recruiting than anything else, right? Now, you have a couple of, like, hybrids in there, like Lane Kiffin, but you look at guys like Saban, right, guys like ugh, Dabo, um, 
know, those guys recruit well. That's what makes them really good head coaches at the end of the day. Um, it tends to be like your coordinators behind the scenes at the college level who are, you know, the what really makes things churn. Whereas at the pro level, it really does come more down to the head coach than it does the coordinator. So uh, should be interesting stuff there, obviously. But I, I don't think it's out of context. I am with you. I, I, it was one of the things I mentioned, right, so when you said that. Like, I was going to bring it up. But Daniel Jones and Josh Allen are very – they are pretty much the same build. Um, I think Josh Allen is more muscular, more thicker in that sense than Daniel Jones. But Yeah, he's a lot more athletic. Um. But to that end, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, if there is a guy to come in and probably get the most out of Daniel Jones at this point, it probably is Brian Dable. Um, I can't do have that winnable division. Right. I mean, it's it's I, I, I chuckle at the amount of people who outright say it's Dallas's division when to me it's actually Philly's division, to be completely honest with you in my mind. But um, Nick, do you think yeah. that Daniel Jones has a short leash with Tyrod Taylor at the bat, at the at the helm or Tyrod got hurt? <laughs> no, I know he's not that hurt. He's not significant. Oh, hurt. He okay. made the team. They don't have another quarterback on the roster. They cut Davis Webb. I, the goal. I do. I do think that. I think so. If Daniel Jones comes out first four weeks and he struggles, and yeah, like they're looking they're, at one and three over and four, do you think they maybe go to Tyrod? Well, Tyrod's also. I mean, Dable has worked with Tyrod before, obviously. Yep. I, mean, I think it would be a longer leash than that. I really think it would be like week eight for like one and seven. Yeah. Oh, and eight. You know, it just goes absolutely disaster. Right. Uh, I think, yeah, they'll, they'll give it to Tyrod. But I I'm think they're going to give him a decent – So a lot of people are thinking – I see what you're saying. A lot of people are saying like five weeks. We'll see what happens. But I think it's going to be like half a season. Okay. I'd about to say I don't even think you could do the plug at like 0 and 4. I mean, the first month of the NFL season, in a lot of ways, just coin tosses anyway. Yeah, I guess it depends on individual play at that right. point, right? But now to Nick's end, I'm with Nick. If it gets to a point where it's like, it's just you're, you're like, oh, and seven or whatever, then yeah. I mean, there, there's probably something else going on here that you really need to, or to that end, if it's oh, and seven, but he still is playing, you know, a caliber thing, you know, maybe it's, you're reevaluating something else yep. as opposed to Daniel Jones. I think a lot of it comes down to his actual individual performance. Not so it's much. It's nice to have a yeah. decent backup. I mean, my grunt right. was terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, my my team's cursed. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously, I know we're up here in New York, but being a Washington fan, it's it's just been rough. I mean, we got, you know, Brian Robinson got shot. He's going to be all right, but, you know, we're just a cursed franchise <laughs> at this point with that, so. Just got to get rid of Dan Snyder, I think, and that'll I, people that'll people People make me mad about that. Like, I like I was telling, and luckily, um, I mean, you you guys both know Hank. And he's also a Washington fan. Uh, and, look, we, we're both in agreement. Uh, we're we're kind of doing the same-ish protest thing in a way. We we aren't buying merchandise until he's gone, which doesn't seem like much because people buy stuff anyway, and it goes into, you know, his pocket. But, like, I don't want to give him any of my money. Yeah, I respect you know. that. That's what you can do as a fan, yeah. right? I mean, I just I, – I'm kind of over it. I mean – I want you to rank your NFC East quarterbacks right now. Hmm. Like from from play perspective or from my own personal, like the way I like quarterbacks perspective. <laughs> from play, we'll go. Play. So Dax one, and that's a hard pill to swallow. But Dax one, I think I gotta go. Hurts two still. Yeah, I agree. I mean, to me, they're all pretty close together. I'm, I'm a Daniel Jones believer. I mean, that's why I want Washington to draft. You're a Wentz fan, though. I am still a Wentz fan. 
I'd probably go Wentz three, Daniel Jones four, but like to me, they're all pretty close. I mean, <laughs> they're all. Oh, I'm curious. What's the personal one? Personal honestly might be Hurts. I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy, but I also am a deck guy. I like I love deck in college. You know, deck um, deck really is like a guy our age that you know I could have you know I I remember watching him in Mississippi State like doing our shady backwoods internet book bookie stuff at the time, just riding with Mississippi State when they were number one for a week <laughs> with Dak Prescott. So, um, yeah, but like I said, I mean, they're all pretty – I think they're all closer than people think. Like, I, I – and that's where, to me, like a, a, a division like the NFC East gets really interesting is because everything is kind of close together. I mean, you can – I think a lot of the reason why people are kind of putting down the Giants and putting down the – commanders is just because well that's what we've done the past two years so it just makes perfect sense when when actuality I I really do think they're all pretty closer than people actually probably realize um and look that and that kind of plays into the whole entire like well they're all bad because the division winner was only nine and eight but I mean when you spend six year games beating up on each other year in year out I mean I I'm being asked. I, I don't see a way that, say, hypothetically, the Giants go 2-0 and against – or the Cowboys go 2-0 and against the Giants. I, I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening with any of them. I think they all finish 1-1 one and one with each other on the year yeah. because I, I think they just – they're so close and so equal that I, I think you're supposed to see a lot of beating up on each other. I just do. Um, all right, let's just do some – do a quick prediction here. I mean, who who do you guys see in the NFL this year because – um, you know, like I mentioned, I, I think the NFC is a little bit more of a toss up than the AFC, but the AFC kind of has the dark horses as opposed to the NFC. Well, you got like the Cowboys as the favorite. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see Troy Aikman's here joining us. Uh, hey, you, you would like to bet on the Packers, but it's just like you can't anymore. No, nah. you just physically you can't do it. Nah. Um, so I don't know. It's tough. I can't go can't go over the Ram. You can't go against Rams right now. I mean, they're still loaded. Um, I like Rams Raiders. I'm high on the Raiders. Big Raiders guy. Mm-hmm. So, I, big year for Devontae Adams. I can only assume where Nate's gonna go. So I'm gonna go first before we toss it to Nate. You don't know where I'm going NFC though. That's a fair point. But NFC, I'm going 49ers. Uh, I just the defense for me there is they're 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 an underappreciated defense. They don't get turnovers, but they don't they don't let you score either. <laughs> um, and to me, they were able to keep more people on the team than the Rams were. I, I know the Rams they still have that core, but you know, Vaughn Miller's gone, Ramsey's gone. I, that that's tough. Um, those are tough dudes to replace. Um, AFC AFC. I I do want to ride with you on the Raiders. I just I don't think I can. I think I gotta go with a truly early. 90s matchup here and go Bills, Bills and 49ers. Uh, that being said, I, I, I do like the Raiders, though. I'm, I'm with you. I am with you. I was going to say, Boomer would be happy. So Nobody, the Raiders. Those are the two teams he always took. Right. Nobody I mean, circles the wagons. Nobody circles. All right, Nate, go ahead. Your moment Your moment in the spotlight. Yeah, I'll take the Bills and the AFC. <laughs> we'll move past that quickly. We already talked about that, right? No, I want, I want, I want Bills Mafia coming out right now. <laughs> I, I want just, you to smash through the, the favorite, desk, right? I mean, 
<laughs> How can you go against them? I mean, like we we like we talked about, they haven't lost anybody. They had Von Miller. They had Super Bowl experience. I know how you can go against them. The Ralph sucks. The only thing, actually, the biggest <laughs> thing really is that they lose Dable. And what's the transition going to be like when they bring in Ken Dorsey? Well, that's Ken Dorsey's been around like Ken, that offense, so it should Ken, be okay. Ken Dorsey's like already technically on the hot seat, apparently. <laughs> like it's wild. Yeah. I mean, we'll see with that. But I think in the NFC, I think everyone's silly to doubt again, to doubt Tom Brady. I mean, that division, I think he can waltz through. Not much going on in that division, in my opinion. Um, and then if, as long as Tom Brady's playing football, I'll, I'll take him. All right. I, I wouldn't sleep on the Bengals or the Chiefs, though, either. Well, for me, I wouldn't sleep on the Ravens, but, you know. Oh, yeah, Lamar's coming back with a vengeance, yeah. especially in a contract year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I look at Lamar as like Dak Prescott, great quarterback, but I just don't think he can win a Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. All right, so that takes care of the podcast for today. Uh, like, share, subscribe, all the fun stuff on YouTube. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, a couple other major podcasting platforms. Uh, Nick, who are you shouting? Oh, you got to figure out the shout-out situation here because you won't be here next week. Uh, that's right. <laughs> See, anybody's birthday is coming up. <laughs> it's my Uncle Joe's birthday. Oh, Uncle Joe. Next Wednesday, the 7th. Uncle Joe for Sandy. Mm-hmm. guy. How's he doing? I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while either. He's doing good. Uh, so, yeah, shout-out Uncle Joe. Uh, big Raiders guy, so I'm glad I picked him mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Nate, appreciate hopping on. Uh, we might see your face again next week as I search for people to hop on with me. So, um, yeah, only if I have to, Paul. Wow. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I appreciate hopping on. Yeah, always, so always good to have another voice, voice of insight come on here and join us. So, appreciate it. All right, and that does it. As I said, uh, we will see everybody next week here. Uh, back to being Tuesday next week, as far as I know. Either way, uh, you'll find us next week. Have an awesome week. Enjoy college football. Enjoy Labor Day. Be safe and fun.